You're listening to SB Nation at the Super Bowl. We are very pleased to be joined now by somebody that can probably uh, give us some odds on what color shirts we'll all wear and uh, all sorts of different things from FS1, Todd Furman. Todd, happy Miami. You know what? It's uh, always great to be here for all these festivities and see a lot of faces in media. And as gambling continues to grow, it's bigger and better opportunities that I never thought would have been around this industry maybe as recently as three to five years ago. I know that you really dominate this industry, but are you ever surprised at the types of props that come out? I mean, because like I saw there was an odd, I think it it wasn't you guys, but about uh, Pat Mahomes' brother and how many TikToks he would put out. It's crazy. Honestly, I mean, having worked in the offshore world in the past and now working for Foxbet, helping them try and create some of the unique markets that are out there, you're only really limited by your creativity. Of course, there are some gaming regulations depending on the various jurisdictions. uh, But when you look at a state like Indiana that approved Gatorade color, it's something I never would have dreamed of when I was behind the counter at Caesars. Length of the national anthem continues to grow in popularity. And then it's always the $100 million question. Well, who's got the official timing? How do we know exactly how to grade these? So for someone who used to be an odds maker responsible for creating these numbers it's a lot easier being on the other side of the counter trying to find the weakness and be able to pick these numbers apart what's your favorite you know but is it the national anthem is it you know how many cutaways to giselle if if the patriots in the super bowl i mean what's what's your go-to you know what i think the entertainment props are always great uh ones that'll surround the broadcast try and get people engaged Mm -hmm. right from the start i mean we i feel like fox has 13 hours of pregame coverage and some of those bets will get decided long before the players are even getting to the locker room First song that gets played at halftime, I know there was a huge debate and drama and controversy uh, with Coldplay a few years ago in terms of which particular bet should have been paid out. So those start to create a a lot of buzz. And what's always interesting being in and around the space is that you look at people that are trying to find an edge. So for media types that are around the rehearsals, they're around some of the acts, they go, well, you know what? I think we have an inside track on what's available, but that's a big reason, though, you can't find some of those novelty props at regulated sports books. So how much science would you say goes into all of this? Maybe science is not the right word. I know you guys talk about this a lot on Lock It In uh, with Clay and Cousin Sal and everything. Um, how much of it is science? How much is, is, I guess, educated is a better way to put it? You'd be amazed at the amount of hours that odds makers spend watching YouTube videos to try and figure out how long Demi Lovato's national anthem that's may be. That's so awesome. Trying to look through a three to five year sample size, figuring out, okay, is this the particular venue where she's going to really drag it out or does she not want to steal the show? So there is as much art and science that goes into setting all these numbers. Obviously, entertainment markets uh, a little bit more fluid and it's why there's lower limits there. Uh, a little bit different than the scientific approach you'll use to try and figure out over under on touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes or passing yards or Will Harrison Budker total points scored in the game be more than Travis Kelsey receptions. Things along those lines, you're relying a lot more on box scores. So let's, I think this is a new space for a lot of people. I know you've, you know, you've got, you've, you've got real estate here. I mean, you've got apartment <laughs> buildings that you own, you lease out and everything. So let's pretend we're talking to them. What is, what is the need to know? What's kind of the 101? How do, because the Super Bowl is when everyone kind of really starts paying attention to this. So what's, how do I learn about this besides watching Lock It In? I mean, I think there's all sorts of great tools that are out there. Lock it in. I mean, we know it's a driver for sports gambling, but we like to have fun with it. It's not going to be the most serious sports gambling show. Uh, I host a podcast that's a little bit more involved for Bet the Board that takes things to that extra level. It's a lot more analytically driven, maybe not necessarily for the casual fan or observer, but someone who has a little bit more than a passing interest and wants to peel back those extra layers in terms of what goes into it. But I think the biggest thing, not to be overwhelmed because it can be intimidating in the sports betting space, Super Bowl becomes a great place to start. 
Look at some of the novelty and entertainment props that are out there. Focus on the familiar names, and in the case of the game, the players that you know. Don't try and dive too deep and make things that will uh, come along with this, like splitting the atom, because before you know it, you'll start to end up with paralysis by analysis, and you'll give yourself more headaches and aggravation and frustration than you ever imagined. So I always say start simple and then begin to look at the big picture. So what are like the first five bets? You know, like are we talking like over-under, like that simple? Or, or you know, what, what do you think? Start with the biggest market. So you're over-under for the game right now, Fox Bet, in that 54, 54 and a half range. What do you like? Uh, I actually lean under in the game, but it's not wow. something that I'll actually have an investment in. I mean, I made the game 52, so there's not a ton of wiggle room. Uh, I have a little more bullish position on the 49ers. Uh, I actually think they deserve to be a short favorite in the game. They're now one and a half point underdog. But I think when you look at some of the X's and O's, everyone wants to talk about Patrick Mahomes against this 49ers defense. I think everyone is selling this 49ers offense short and for how prolific they've been for extended stretches against the Chiefs defense that, yes, I know they've been a lot better the latter half of the season, but still I'm a little bit skeptical when you look at their performances through the first two playoff games. And from that point, then you're going to want to look at the big players. Try and figure out, hey, props that are as simple, simple, I use that term loosely, <laughs> as straightforward as, you know, will a player score a touchdown? So in the case of Raheem Mostert, you'd have to put up $1.30 to make $1 coming back that he ultimately finds pay dirt. And I think the casual fan goes, well, he scored four times last week. But you have to think about what Tevin Coleman's potential sure. involvement might be if his shoulder's healthy. Will we see some Jeff Wilson who hasn't been active for the last couple of playoff games? Or can Matt Breida ultimately get out of Coach Shanahan's doghouse uh, and if he gets over his case of fumbleitis? So, you know, look for some of the simple markets that are out there. Uh, just because over under for yards, hey, it's fun to watch. You know, completions, you know, attempts, things that you're able to easily track on the box score instead of some of the entertainment stuff where you're scrambling through Us Weekly and, you know, all the blogs on SB Nation to figure out exactly how many props you've won or lost. See, I like, you know, I've never done this myself, but I like going, you know, Pat Mahomes to hit 250 yards. I'm generalizing. James Harden to drop 26 points that night involving different elements throughout the world, not just pop culture. Um, And then so-and-so wins an Oscar, whatever. Those are always the best ones. I know it's a little bit more spread out, but – so you like the under here. Um, what, what do you have to say about, because there's a lot of strategy, I feel like, let's just wait. Let's let everybody take the Niners now. And then, you know, once they get hit, is that is that the more esteemed, more veteran game? It, it all depends. Uh, so much of what I do is about when to try and grab the best the number and identify, you know, market entry. This game is a little bit different because when you look at Kansas City, a one and a half point favorite, we're not talking about this game potentially getting out to as much as Kansas City, a three point favorite. And even if it moved down closer to a pick em, which essentially odds makers way of, hey, flip a coin, pick your side, just go out there and win the game, that it doesn't change the handicap all that much. The total a little bit different because it did open as low as 51 and a half at Fox Bet uh, out to the 54 and a half. And I think the general public who's bet this game almost like they know the final score in terms of expecting points in a shootout, they don't want to root for punts. They don't want to root for incomplete passes. They want to see a 44-41 type game where Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes put on a show akin to what we saw Jimmy G do in the Dome against Drew Brees. The games like last year, they're great for me, who loves to root for nothing to happen and can cash every single underprop on the board in a 13-3 Super Bowl. But what's crazy, if you go all the way back to 2000 and you look at over-unders that have been set at 50 or above, those games have actually gone 5-1 and one to the under, but the average points per game in those games is shade under 40. That's pretty awesome. Um, and good advice a few days out from the game uh, for our listeners and maybe the you know, people around here. I'm just people in ears, <laughs> earshot of us. Um, 
people walk up. I'm sure you get people walk up to you all the time. Todd, help me, help me, help me. I'm, I'm desperate. What's the most common thing that they tell you they hit on that your advice worked? Uh, you know what? We do a lot with win totals, and we've done that for the last couple of years with some of our preseason outlook podcasts and try and kind of tip our hand a little bit to teams that may be overvalued or undervalued for bet the board. But honestly, you'd be amazed how often people just expect that because I'm in this business and I've done it for so long that every piece of advice I give out will win. And my running joke is if I could win 90 to 100% of my bets, uh, no offense to anybody here on Radio Row yeah, or Super Bowl, yeah. I'd be sitting somewhere in Turks and Caicos with a nice pina colada and a little umbrella rather than trying to sweat out, you know, hustling around, share, share a little bit yeah. of advice. So the real, I mean, that's the one thing that's crazy. And I think a lot of people new to this space don't understand the slim margins that the difference between being a long-term winning better and a long-term losing better can be as simple as winning two extra bets for every hundred that you make. Uh, and we talk about it in baseball all the time. It's not always how you deal with success as a professional hitter. It's how you deal with failures and your willingness to make those adjustments. And I think sports betting has a lot of those same similarities. We know you like the under this week. Uh, in terms of outlooks and projections, I know you're so focused on this week in Miami, but what's something you like for 2020? Doesn't have to be NFL related necessarily, but. I'm a big hockey fan. And okay. so when I look at the landscape of the NHL, I know the balance of power has largely been in the Eastern Conference. I think nine out of the top 11 teams in the league are all in the East. But when you look at a team like the Florida Panthers, who this offseason went out there and spent a lot of money to bring in a goalie and Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, who we've seen play at a high level in the past, value-wise, 25 to 1 the going rate out there. Uh, I think the Panthers are a team that nobody's really going to talk about that may have a chance to crash the party. Uh, but I also won't argue with Tampa, who kind of became the Virginia Cavaliers' record-breaking season a year ago, right. bounced out unceremoniously. They've learned the errors of their ways. We saw John Cooper kind of change up their style early in the year. I think Tampa's got a great shot to accomplish the feat this year that they weren't able to last year. That's really good information. Todd Furman from Lock It In on FS1, the podcast. What time, what, give everybody, because this is new space for everybody, so they can, what time can they watch Lock It In, where's the podcast going to get? Podcast, uh, they can always follow our Twitter handle, at BetTheBoardPod. We'll take a little bit of a sabbatical now. We'll be back for March Madness as we'll do a comprehensive preview uh, for for the big dance. A little bit of gambling there, yeah? Yeah, you need to have a little R&R in this business, but for Lock It In, 4.30 Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday, you can check us out on FS1. Uh, It's a great hang. I mean, that's the best thing that we can say about it. You come there, no matter what your level of knowledge is in sports betting, we're going to have fun, we're going to bust chops, and you're going to feel like you're a member of the family just sitting at a blackjack table or kind of eavesdropping on a conversation between Cousin Sal, Rachel, Benetta, Clay, and myself. That's awesome. Todd Furman, you're on Twitter at Todd Furman. That's Furman with an H before the R. You got Uh, it. And uh, you're bouncing around Miami doing the thing. Appreciate you stopping by. Trying to spend some quality time and spread the gospel to the sports gambling world these days. Appreciate it, Todd. Thanks for having me. 